Hello, happy campers. My name is Wayne King, and you are listening to another Oak Performance Radio program. Hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and we go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best that they can possibly be. Enjoy the show. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. With me, riding shotgun, as usual, Mr. Trace Nowak. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, and the one providing the applause, special guest on the day, Mr. Wayne King. Hi, y'all. Wayne, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Wayne, we know you're a busy guy. You do a lot of things. Not well. You have a, <laughs> <laughs> you have a, lot, of, a lot of stoves burning, ovens burning, I, pots. You're on your own there. Yeah. Things spinning. I'm trying to think of I'll a metaphor there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good there. Iron's Wayne, in the fire. Wayne, yeah. there it is. That's Iron's what I was going the with there. <laughs> Metaphors are hard. Um, so, Wayne, you're a very unique guy. You do you, you do lots of things. Okay. Um, we're, we're we're sitting in this this Netlink Sports Warehouse building that you own. Yep. Which is exciting. Owning owning a building is is nothing but fun. Um, tell people a little bit about yourself. Um, who you are, what you do, why you're such a gosh darn big deal. Um, and and, and then we'll just kind of kind of kind of rock from there. Okay. <laughs> um, who am I? Who um, are you? <laughs> uh, well, actually, my first name is Robert. So I didn't uh, know that. Robert Wayne King. I knew that. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have to redo the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, I go by Wayne. Um, so, just a small town kid from Leaf River that uh, loves sports. And, and Leaf River is where? Leaf, Leaf River is in between Byron and Forreston. I didn't know that. Well, there's not a school there any longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> My wife and I graduated back in 79 and 80. Okay. Um, I know you think that she's older than I am, but she's not. Yeah, okay. I mean, she looks it. <laughs> Will she listen to this? Uh, she's better not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we started off in small towns and just, uh, again, love sports and didn't think I'd find myself being able to stay in it, but uh, here we are. Yeah. Able to stay in it and make a, a life out of it, actually. So you... Fusion volleyball was your your creation. Yep. Um, can you can you tell about the birth of that? Like how that? Because I mean, back in that day, can I say it was primarily girl sport? But you, how did you get into volleyball? I guess. Well, I got into volleyball back in '79 when my sister, um, who was in the co-ed league, needed they needed an extra player, and I was done with sports in high school okay. and looking for something else to do. I was running club track but i did there was uh, nothing for volleyball i didn't even know i liked volleyball at the time <laughs> so i just joined yeah, and started because that wasn't a sport uh, it wasn't and, really a, a no yeah. in high school uh, yeah. not at all yeah um and you just you just saw adults adults play in high school mm-hmm. or excuse me club and um leagues and such mm-hmm. so just joined them on a sunday and started playing had a lot of fun doing it and uh got married and got Busy and didn't get to play as much. Okay. And then uh, as, as uh, Dean and I got married at a young age, I found myself still wanting to do sports. But you were very mature. Let's be clear. Very, very mature. mature. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. <laughs> but just fell in love with the game. Okay. I mean, just wanted to continue, whether it be softball, whether it be 
uh, football, whatever we could do just to play sports. And yeah. volleyball just happened to fit into that and um, tend to like that sport a lot and did uh, did a lot of volleyball. And then when we moved out to Carroll Stream, uh, joined a, a league out there, got into uh, with some guys, and they actually taught me the game because you, you, when you're young, you're just an athlete and you just see ball, yeah. hit ball. Yeah. <laughs> but actually – got surrounded by people who really knew what they were doing. And uh, first time as an athlete, not being the best or try, you know, not being, (laughs) and coming from a small town, you know, it's easy to be the fastest on the track field because there's only four other people that you're running against basically (laughs) felt like, Uh, but so it challenged me to want to continue to get better. So started playing with better people in the men's league and um, went from there. So moved over into the suburbs. Moved over into Carroll Stream. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, we got married in 81, and uh, Deanne graduated nursing school, and that's where the job was taking her because back then there wasn't a lot of jobs even in nursing available. Mm-hmm. So I had, had dropped out of Rock Valley so that we could get married, and I worked at a lumberyard and um, continued uh, our life together that way. Yeah. Moved out to Carroll Stream where she got her job, and I worked for a roofing company at the time. Okay. So from there, just kept playing volleyball, and then uh, I got an opportunity to go run an insurance agency out of Rochelle, and so she got a nursing job in Rochelle as well. Um, We had had Craig then, and um, moved to Rochelle to to raise Craig, and three more that came along. (laughs) (laughs) So... Continuing to play yeah. volleyball, joined the leagues in Rochelle, DeKalb, uh, Sterling area, okay. and uh, was approached by the high school coach, Sue Golan, um, was her name, is still, hopefully, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, to coach freshmen, and I'd never coached before. So how I got into volleyball, kind of putting this all in Reader's mm-hmm. Digest version, uh, was her convincing me to do it because they were going to have to drop the freshman program. Oh, gosh. They had only won one game in three years at that time <laughs> at the freshman level. So it wasn't a lot of pressure yeah. to, to win. <laughs> so I just thought, all right, I'll, you know, you want to help in, in the yeah. community and stuff. And so I did that. And I found that I really enjoyed coaching. Then mm-hmm. that's how it started. How many games did you win? We won three that year. Okay. Hey. Three, three times the yeah. program. Look at that. Total. And then the very next year, the freshman program only lost one. Ooh. So, which was a mistake because they moved me up to JV. <laughs> <laughs> and then a uh, year after JV, they moved me up to varsity. And I was silly enough to say, sure, keep doing that. <laughs> so then I started coaching varsity at Rochelle. Gotcha. Gotcha. What year is this? Oh, ew, geez. Ballpark. Uh, 86? No, it was the early 90s. Okay. Early 90s, because I then from there went to Kishwaukee okay. College, and that would have been the mid to later 90s. Okay. Yeah, trying to piece that together. Because I think we started Fusion in 99. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. How did? Can I ask how that pieced together? Like, to start a club sounds yep. like, it doesn't sound easy. And were there other clubs going on at the time? Oh, there like was a ton of clubs. There was yeah. a ton, okay. Yep. It was very competitive in the area. I mean, Illinois has always been a, a powerhouse uh, of volleyball. And uh, I was actually at Sky High coaching because uh, I wanted to continue my growth as a volleyball coach. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the, the next step was going to be to be a club coach. I'm not – oh, one of my players at Rochelle was going to Sky High. Mm-hmm. So 
she approached me and said, you should come here and coach. Yeah. So I did. <laughs> and that's how I met Eric and Bill. Okay. And after doing that for five years, wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, now I won't get into reasons why, yeah. but it uh, wasn't my philosophy on, mm-hmm. on uh, coaching kids. And uh, just so happened, Bill and Eric felt the same way. Okay. So it was on a flight back after, a, after nationals that Bill and I actually talked about how we just can't do this anymore. And he approached me about starting the club. Ooh. And you really don't want to start a program completely by yourself. <laughs> no. And I, yeah. I certainly couldn't have done it without him. And I'd like to think that he couldn't have done it without me. Yeah. And then I recognized that we needed somebody like Eric, mm-hmm. who was very green at the time, but I don't know, it just seemed like he, he was going to be the right fit. Yeah. So he was, when Bill and I started the club, it was, he was the first hire. Gotcha. And that's how Fusion was born. Gotcha. So this is early 2000s? I think it was 99. 99? It was late 90s. Okay. Yeah. And some of that, um, 98, 99 time frame, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Club Fusion came about. Gotcha. Then as Club Fusion expanded, we went out in different locations, and we were out in Freeport. Uh, we were in DeKalb, you know, different satellite programs. Okay. And then there was a satellite in Rockford, and we was running out. We didn't have places to practice. And I ran across this building, which wasn't in real good shape at the time. Yeah. And uh, we, we had a program out of here. So we shut the one down in Freeport, combined it in Rockford. But all of our top athletes knew that they had to go past here and go, if they were going to compete on a national scale, had to go to our main program in Marengo at the time. Okay. So really kind of right in the middle. So you, you know, Rockford kids went east, the suburb kids came west and kind of met, you know. Correct. Met in the middle there. Yep. Gotcha. And so we were able to pull. Well, we got a lot of the St. Charles kids at that time too. So we were pulling from all these different directions and built a heck of a program, uh, one of the one of the best in the country because of that model. There we go. And then fast forward, um, you know, shift around some things a little bit. Um, Eric wants to start or starts VC United, and you're like, hey, I have a building. Um, this could work. <laughs> well, Eric – no, I, he, it was time for him to move on. He mm-hmm. knew it, and he, he, you know, you could see it coming on for a few years, and he was looking at a lot of different locations, and he wasn't sure where to go. I knew that, I mean, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Pat Miner had been in volleyball in the Rockford area for mm-hmm. a long time and made a huge impact on the Rockford area, was, was great for the kids. But I knew for in order for the Rockford area kids to be able to take that next level, it was going to have to take – keeping them all together. Yeah. And you couldn't have these kids, you know, going, there's no reason to go past Rockford. Yeah. And you could draw from the smaller communities and such. If you could pull that off, you could put a heck of a program together. Yeah. So when, before you start a club, you have to say, where am I drawing kids from? Mm-hmm. If I just go out in the middle of nowhere and expect people, you know, to, to come from you know, too many miles away, yeah. you're just not going to get it. Yeah. But this was a, a hotbed because there was always great athletes that came out of the Rockford area, yeah. regardless of whether they went to sports performance or Sky High or at the time before Fusion, they would go all the way to Sky High yeah. in Crystal Lake. So this made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Eric at first was reluctant because he just didn't believe he'd get the support that he needed. But again, given Pat Miner all the credit that she's due, she showed that you could have a, a tremendous amount of athletes that want to stay close to home don't want to be forced to have to go elsewhere. So she, cause she would have 
40 teams. Yeah, yeah we had 36 teams, I think. So people who okay. don't when I left, who yeah. don't know Pat, you want to yeah. give some background on her? I'm going to let Trace do that. Yeah. Um, so Pat started Rockford Volleyball. And, um, all right, and yeah, I'm not even completely sure that she started it. That part is a little before my time. But uh, she was was everything that is Rockford Volleyball. Um, she was uh, an excellent volleyball trainer. Uh, one of my biggest volleyball mentors uh, gave me my first start. Um, forced me to get paid because all I wanted to do was volunteer. Um, but yeah, built a, a great program in Rockford volleyball out there and uh, started a lot of kids' volleyball interest in when the Rockford I, area. When I first talked about starting a club, I actually came to Pat Miner first and, and said, I think we could do something pretty special in the Rockford area. I wrote, this is before Fusion even started, when I knew I was going to leave Sky High. And the only, the only thing that I had asked that I, I didn't want to be a part of a parent board run organization because I felt we needed to be able to, to say this is the direction we're going to go because parents yeah. care about mm. Susie. Yeah. And we <laughs> needed to be able to separate that out. Rockford Volleyball was built on a parent board. She was going to be consistent with running it that way, mm. and she stayed strong in her conviction on where she wanted to take it, and I respected that. Yeah. So that's why Fusion didn't start off in Rockford. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, she did a lot of great things for a lot of a lot of kids. We just probably the only difference is that I just wanted to take I wanted to compete at a higher level, a gotcha. more national level, and um, she was very community based and yes. really wanted to work with all the kids. Gotcha. And still was my vision too. But I, you have to be able to offer the the top of the top for the for those kids, and and that's probably the only reason why we didn't come together. Yeah. Because she, so. she then coached, she coached in Belvedere. She coached at Belvedere North, yeah. yep. Okay. Um, yeah, like her last year was three years before Amanda took over. Amanda and I went over there. Okay. Um, yeah, yep. Gotcha. Um, so, Wayne, talk more about the, the, the top tier piece. So, like, so you coached Sky High, Fusion. Um, talk about that upper echelon that, you know, the, and the I guess the, more of the coaching successes and the teams that you've had. Because um, you've just coached some pretty – Fantastic kids, fantastic teams. Been very fortunate that way, yeah. Go t- t- talk more about that. At Sky High, uh, my first team was a, a 183. Okay. And it's a third team, and uh, we were we surprised a lot of a lot of uh, parents, especially at Sky High, by qualifying over the two team and uh, having a lot of success. But I was <laughs> I, I was just had blessed with really the right group of kids, even though they might have not have been as athletic as some thought the other one, the other <laughs> two team was, but that just gives those girls that, that little extra fire to want to yeah. work harder. Um, so I had never not qualified a team for nationals uh, after that point. And I moved up to the uh, 81 team uh, at Sky High okay. and had phenomenal athletes like Hillary Sexton and um, Hillary Hain, you know, just some, just some top kids that mm-hmm. were, you know, went to U of I, went to um, uh, Penn State, okay. and just big programs. So you're expected to have success when yeah. you've been handed a talent like that. Yeah. When, mm. I, when I decided to leave there and start Fusion, the kids that were disgruntled over at Sky High were looking for another option, and those were typically your two or three tier, uh, when I say tier kids, kids that could play on a ones team almost anywhere else. Yeah. And, you know, Angela Flano, who... Um, was, was one of our first kids that we picked up and uh, was just an outstanding player. She just didn't, wasn't the right size, what, what, for whatever reason, didn't make the one team. Yeah. 
whether I think she should have or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to get enough of those kids to come in and be competitive right off the bat and have success first year as a club, which everybody's looking to see, okay, they pulled the right coaches, but was it the club or was it the coach? Yeah. You can't be successful without the right kids and the right coaches. You need – and the 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 right there's a lot of things that have to come together <laughs> to, to get this. Yeah. Yeah. No no one person can sit back and go look what I did. Yeah, and uh, was very fortunate that way. Yeah. So that same philosophy on how to train kids uh, when I because I was uh, the one who started the training um, philosophy at, at Fusion, um, and I'm not taking anything away from Bill. He obviously agreed with the philosophy and and, and followed it as well and had his own, um, but just going to be competitive regardless of what level you're at. You're going to compete hard and you're going to train hard to get the most out of every kid and see where her ceiling is. And so that fit very well with what we were trying to do Mm -hmm. at the program. And that's why we were the number one recruited club or top two for numerous years because they knew what the the college coaches knew what they were going to get regardless of what team they got her, got her from. Now, is that, so when you say philosophy, just that you're, you're you're squeezing the orange and getting as much juice as you can out of every single kid. Yep. That, okay, and that's not. This is going to sound like a silly question. That's not typical. Like, is that is that not typical through through clubs? It, is it, that it's typical to say? It's okay. hard to follow through on. <laughs> gotcha. You know, it, you you got to be consistent and persistent. Oh. It's so easy just to you know fold your arms and go. Well, I tried. Yeah. And if you're going to be a part of a program, if you truly believe that the kids say this is what they want. You've just got to not let up mm-hmm. and you're doing it for them, not for yourself. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for coaches is, is to not give up on a kid. Yeah. Cause that's something that I, I, I'm impressed with you coaching wise that you, it doesn't matter who the kid is, where they're signed to go to school. If they're signed to go to school, you, you get on, if anybody does anything, that's not, you know, what, what it should be. Like, there's never a time where you don't coach a kid um, or don't let them know. Um, sometimes in a hilarious, funny manner, you know, that they, you know, your standards are really, really high. And, you know, this is the job that needs to get done. And, and here's the standard. And we need you to adhere to it. It's always fun when another kid happens to stumble onto your court during drills that <laughs> that isn't, you know, normally you're part of, mm-hmm. part of your team. And, uh, you know, then she's surprised that I'm holding her to the same standard that I am the kid that's going to a, a Big Ten program. Yeah. It's like, you're here to train with us. Let's go. We're going to train. Let's yeah. go. But they deserve the same coaching. They deserve the same passion and, yeah. and um, feedback as any kid. Doesn't matter what school you're going to. You're here to get better. Yeah. At least that's what you signed up for. Yeah. If they didn't, then <laughs> that's a different discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, talk about team successes in the way of what what you've had with Fusion. Um, Start with Kish. Start with Kish. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll even go back to Rochelle because Rochelle had never even won a regional program before. Um, And uh, we, during my short stint there, I I thought it was five years uh, at at Rochelle High School. Um, So, two years one year freshman, one year or two years freshman, one year JV, two years varsity. Um, I think it was three years varsity. Three years varsity. Yeah, <coughs> um, we were Sycamore, who had a phenomenal program under Deb Clock. Oh, Deb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. And you know, we, I know Deb. <laughs> yep. And uh, we we upset them to win the regionals. The problem back then is there was a one A two A. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we were just over the. Just uh, over the 
cusp of being two A or under the being one A. We were so we were, got put into the larger division, gotcha. which which at that time was two A was the larger. Yeah. And so we immediately had to go in and compete in with the, the uh, suburb uh, schools, you know, your St. Charles and Mother McCauley back then was just dominant. Yeah. So we would, you know, even if you won your, your first round of sectionals, you just were going to get crushed after that. Yeah. We, we couldn't compete. I had one club kid on the team. <laughs> she was the one that's played that one club kid. And uh, so I was very proud of the success we had there with what we were working with. Just a great group of kids that just didn't have enough time, enough touches to train as much as these kids that were getting drawn from. Yeah. Mother McCauley had like 2,500 all-girls school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you just can't compete with yeah. that. You just can't. But uh, from there, then I went on to, to Kishwaukee. Okay. And uh, they, um, Jody Lord was the athletic director and the volleyball coach. And she she did a really nice job running that program and uh, had a lot of success in her conference and such, but they couldn't get past conference. And so we were the, when I got there, our, our teams were the first ones to actually go to nationals. Ooh. And Kishwaukee is a... Division three, uh, Division two, JUCO. Okay. So the NJCAA has one, two, and three. Okay. Just like NCAA does. Okay. And we were Division two. Okay. Which gives you partial scholarships, but not full scholarships okay. for all the kids. When I say partial, if you have ten kids on a team, you might now you might only get five or six scholarships to work with. Gotcha. You can divide them up however you want, but now that's Division two based on. The talent level based on it's based on scholarships. How based many? on scholarships. Yep. Okay, that's how you base it. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. If you want to be Division One, then you're going to be given twelve scholarships. Gotcha. If you okay. want to be Division Three, you give zero money. Yeah. So that's what they base it on. Doesn't okay. matter how big your school is or how much money you have, so okay. how much you're willing to give away. Okay. Because oh. <laughs> they assume yeah. if you can give twelve scholarships, you should be you're doing okay. competing at a higher level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we competed against a lot of Division One schools and had a lot of success doing it. Um, but. We didn't have the scholarships for everybody. Fortunately, we had NIU right there, and they worked with us co-opt on the on the housing and such. Okay. They could play and stay in the school dorms, and they could be a part of that atmosphere, which was yeah. a great recruiting tool, I thought. You know, so I show them around the NIU campus and go, oh, and by the way, you're in smaller class sizes. These are the same professors. I think at that time there was over 80% of the, the professors at Kish. We're also professors at NIU. Oh, God. So what's not to love about it, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So I thought it was, I had the easiest job in the world recruiting kids there. And it worked because, yeah. you know, three national championships was yeah. what came out of that. Nice. So I did that for it, five years. In, that was five years. Three yeah. national championships in five years. Yep. You know Ooh, who played yeah. for him at I, one point? I don't. Amanda Carlson played for Wayne. Oh. She was the very first year. Yep. yep. Uh, we never lost a conference game. Amanda was the, the the start of that. She was uh, part of that group that was undefeated. There you go. We got upset, I'll say, the first year going to nationals. I know that they were not happy, yeah. but uh, we we ran in just like in high school. They hadn't narrowed it down as much, so we were in a much larger pool and the best talent. There should have been more than one program coming out of Illinois to go to nationals, and at mm. the time there was only one. Now there's three. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just no nice. excuse. We should have yeah. won. Got to beat the best to be the best. Where's yep. Amanda from? Boylan. In town, Rockford. Oh, she is? Rockford. Okay. Yep, yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think she went to Boylan, didn't she? No, yes. I'm sorry. No, no, it's Luther. Rockford, Luther. Luther, Luther yeah. yes. 
That's right. I really yeah. should know that. She, <laughs> she and I have coached together for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. we. So, so then on to keep, keep going with the futures. Is Brianna's teams um, played well back in the day. And that yep. you coached them? I did. Gotcha. Yeah. I took the top team every year. Okay. Uh, you, typically not the 18s. I think a couple times I took the 18s. I liked working with the younger kids a little bit better, but not below. I think I only took 15s. Did I even take 15s when my daughter was there? I think I didn't coach below 16. Okay. So typically I stayed in that 16, 17 age range, and Eric liked coaching the 18s. So you let him? You let, yeah. <laughs> Eric, you, you have them there last year when they're going to be the biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because it's true. <laughs> uh, we had some su- success winning qualifiers and a lot of success at nationals. And um, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm just going to guess. I think between Kishwaukee and and uh, and club, there were seven national championships. Uh-huh. And I, I forget about them. <laughs> I really do because I mean it's fun, but it's more fun seeing the kids performing at that level mm-hmm. and just being in that atmosphere because that's pretty exciting ball when you're playing against the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's – but blessed with a lot of great kids. I mean, one year with three kids going to Penn State on one team. Oh, wow. Yeah, you should get fired if you lose. <laughs> <laughs> what is that coach doing? Yeah. They yeah. just lost a point. Gosh. Well, then I just – yeah, I use that team as an example for President's Day because – that team did lose at President's Day to Lions 16, which is not there because First Alliance is their top program, and Lions, which is just a great group of kids, but they didn't have the same physicality. Mm-hmm. And we got knocked out early in a President's Day when these when this group was 16 years old. <laughs> it's like it's a wake up call. It's yeah. like, hey, you actually have to beat these teams. Yeah. They're not just going to roll over and die. Best thing could happen to them because they went on and just cruise their whole rest of the year. Mm-hmm. They worked harder in the gym. They got their head straight. And uh, I'll use Brianna as an example. Oh, heck no, she wasn't going to let them lose again. Yeah. You know, so that they all kind of got that. We're way too good to ever let that happen again. So it can happen. Yeah. Talk about, so you, So you've, we, we kind of talked a little of this before we hit the record button. So you've coached kids for a long time. Yep. What, what have you noticed, if any, Changes in kids, changes in athletes th- through all the years. Is the 2021 athlete different than the 1997 athlete? It's not. It, I think the, where you get the kids from is more of a change than where the kids themselves, meaning that you can tell a competitive family, whether it be in, in their careers if they're competitive, because uh, there's some families that are very affluent that you think, well, Susie's not going to work very hard. Why does she have to? She's got life handed to her. Yeah. Well, just the opposite. Well, she's going to work hard because she knows that in order to achieve the same success that her family has had, she has to work just as hard or harder yeah. and it's not, nothing's going to get handed to her. And then you, you go in other communities where you, you get a kid from maybe a small town and she doesn't know how hard you have to work to be successful. She just was given some talent yeah. and wants it to come easy. Yeah. And you have to, you, you have to work hard for uh, on that. So it doesn't matter if it's 1990 or it's, 2020, that's more what you're up against than the kids changing themselves. Gotcha. It's where they're from and what they've accepted. If you're <laughs> a big fish in a little pond, it's hard to get you to, to to think how hard you have to work to catch up to those kids now that you're, you're going up against. Yeah. Yep. 
Do you think by them coming here, they, they that that happens easily, more easily? Like, I mean, they might be hot stuff at their high school, and you know, blah blah blah. But then they come here and they see another, you know, it's easier to win the kid over uh, and into that philosophy than it is the parent. Yeah, and this isn't a say anything bad about the parents it's just the reality that the parents aren't in here they don't see the atmosphere they don't feel the the energy that's in mm-hmm. the gym and they wonder why Susie's not getting more playing time why she isn't the stud on the team because she's you know one she's a stud in their eyes <laughs> you know it's just you know, yeah. it's a parent yeah I'm, I've got four kids <laughs> I know exactly how they feel mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you have to you have to grow up in that environment and be a part of that to understand or be in an an athlete who had that same challenges growing up. And if you weren't an athlete, my wife was never an athlete and really didn't care about sports. Should she didn't always get it. Why I, I was the way that I was. So I, I, I see both sides of it. Yeah. But that's the hardest people to win over. Yeah. She's figured it out now though. She's given up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to ask anymore. She said, yeah. do you think it's, it, do you think parents have, I, I don't know. I, I Wait, wait. I love the philosophy because I, I have the same philosophy in the sense of I was never a gifted athlete in, in anything. So like I, I worked insanely hard to become insanely average at sport. And so I love helping, like, I, I don't care if you're going to a D3 school, a JUCO school, or if you're just going to have a really nice high school career and just go on to college and, and just be a normal college kid. Or if you play D1, I don't care. I, I think it's great that, you know, kids are out there trying to, optimize their their god-given ability um when when parents so that's in my mind that's in your mind how how do you communicate that to kids how do you communicate that to parents the way at fusion the way i communicated to the parents was at signups at that night once you decide you want your kids to be a part of our program they're not it's now our responsibility for you to question what we're doing you should have done that the first night yeah there's no questioning after that. Okay. You either trust or you don't. Yeah. And that's that's me as a coach. Now that this is Eric's program and I'm just helping out, mm-hmm. coaching. Just the pretty face. I'm just eye candy <laughs> for the grandmas now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it truly is, let me do my job. If mm-hmm. you don't think I can do my job, then why are you here? Yeah. I don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old school that way. Yeah. Yeah. Have some trust. Understand the process. Nobody wants your daughter to be better than me. Yeah. So I know what you want. I've done this enough <laughs> years now. And yeah. I've like having four kids of my own, two daughters, two boys. I know what you're going through. Daughter played at University of Pittsburgh. Mm. I know what the process is. Mm. Leave me alone. <laughs> I will do what I can for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trace, this is the part in the show where I turn to you and, then and I ask, what ask questions do you have, Trace? I don't know. Um, I love that philosophy. I, I think that, that that's fantastic. I, and I've seen that more here. This is my little bridge to give you time to think. I have one uh, now. Oh, so. there you go. No, so, yeah. but, but like the, um, uh, you know, to, I, I see that more here than what I did in, in public school and, and coaching and stuff like that. Cause it was, you know, it was a straight line to the coach, you know, if, if their kid wasn't getting playing time or if they didn't like that answer, then they'd go to the AD and they didn't like that answer. Then they go to the principal. They didn't like that answer. They go to super, you know, I'm going to tattle on somebody till my, till my voice is heard. And, and within the, the this private entity p- piece, I, I don't see that, um, you know, the buck stops here, you know, with, with right. Eric and that's, that's all goes. And, you know, such as boom there. And I really appreciate that. 
Adam, the hardest thing for a coach should be seeing a kid on the bench not getting playing time. Yeah. That that's the hardest thing you should you should be going through. Uh, you got to find creative ways to get every kid on the floor, and there's just sometimes you can't. And if it doesn't tear at you, there's something wrong with you as a coach. Yeah. And I I look at every kid like that's somebody's daughter, mm-hmm. that's somebody's niece, that's somebody's granddaughter. And they want Susie out there, and they don't really care if you win or lose. Yeah. So <laughs> balance it the best you can. Yeah. And if parents think that you're just sitting back and you don't really care about her, then they're, they really don't understand VC's philosophy, mm-hmm. um, my philosophy. And, you know, coaches are going to make mistakes. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a lot, but we, we care about these kids. Every, every coach does. So you you want that kid, if she's got the right attitude and she's working hard and she's part of your program, you want to try to make her the best you can and play in time helps her get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Trace? Yep. Hit it, Trace. <laughs> yep. Um, so I I want to know who your favorite team ever was. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, easiest team to coach isn't always the – the, the favorite. favorite because again, there's it's the challenge know, with, that's with the fun. One of the teams that stands out is again I use Angela Falano, who was a, just a phenomenal kid that I just en- enjoyed coaching, and her, that group of kids that was with her, they were the hardest working group of kids at Kishwaukee that I had because I remember beating an opponent one night and just we throttled them. But it wasn't because we were good. It's because the other opponent just wasn't as good. And we, the scores were looked fairly lopsided. But because this team was on a mission to go for a national championship, we knew that we weren't going to let those opportunities go to waste. So after, when the parents were there watching them and wanting to take them out to dinner because they don't get to see them as much as they probably want to, I asked that group of kids, uh, did they feel good about their performance? And they... The captains at the time said, no. And I said, I'll, I'm willing to stay here for another hour and a half and, uh, and practice so that we can make this you know, night a lot better than what it was. Because we agreed we weren't going we to have days like this. And uh, they looked at the rest of the team and said, we're practicing for an hour and a half. <laughs> and we actually just, they, they worked their butts off after playing a match. Not when I say playing a match. It really wasn't. They didn't break a sweat. <laughs> they didn't have to play. Yep. And uh, after that, it didn't matter who the uh, opponent was. They they played their game to the best of their ability. And that group of kids, I, that team had the highest GPA, 3.65, at Kish. And anybody on the, the team, and we had a couple of students that weren't as strong, the rest of them rallied around and pulled their GPA up. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's twice what Trace's GPA was. No, I'm <laughs> it actually, <laughs> it's right around there. Might be more. Uh, <laughs> the majority of the team transferred to other programs mm-hmm. and uh, went to much bigger programs and had their success there. But that was—I've had athletes that we can say you know were you know better for whatever reason. Yeah. But that team stands out the most. Yeah. Who else was on that team? Anybody we would know? Uh. <laughs> Honestly, you know how I am with names. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, I see uh, Angela's things show up on Facebook all the time. That's where I remember uh, Callie Landis, who was out of Min- um, Milledgeville. Okay. Milledgeville. Um, I know, I'm going to, if these kids I know, know I that should, I don't I know should, the names. This are. was a bad question. Mandy <laughs> Martin. Um, yeah, I, 
this was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I know. I'm I done. know better. <laughs> that's a, that's all like that's a, oh, I actually Kelly Milborn was on that team. Oh, really? Yeah. Um I I can I can picture some of the rest of them, but I I'm going to stumble yeah. on the names. Yep, that's fine. I just remember what a great group of kids. Yeah. There was a uh, kid from Dixon that uh, ended up going to uh, NIU, playing mm-hmm. for Ray Gooden after our season. So, yeah, had a great group. Yeah. Um, Wayne, I know you're, if I asked your wife, your your head's already too big to begin with. But Yeah, right. What <laughs> If you were to, because, again, I love everything that you're saying in the, in the way of coaching philosophy and stuff like that, and, and just being along as – been around as long as I have, um, within a, a bunch of other different sports, I, you, you see arrogance with coaches at times. Um, you know, uh, this is what I do and this is how I do it. And, and they might have a nice resume of, of cool accomplishments and, and stuff like that. Um, but what, what, what do you think separates you and in, in your philosophy versus coaches that, what, what do you see being the biggest problem with coaches in 2020? 2021, whatever year this is. I think the biggest problem I see in coaches <clears throat> is that they just assume every everybody's like them. And they, you know, if you're if you just have a God given ability and you happen to be six twelve <laughs> and you know, you just hit over the top of everybody, well good for you. Yeah. Um I was four eleven as a freshman. <laughs> right. Yeah. And everything was a challenge. Yeah. And I'm five ten now. So in, for me, in order for me to be able to compete, I had to work harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't take anything for granted. Nothing came easy. So if I wanted to jump high, I had to jump higher. Yeah. You know, you you got to live in the weight room. You have to. So the the fact that this is me stroking you, that mm-hmm. we're blessed to have oak strength <laughs> in in a in a in a volleyball center now. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll call it that a volleyball center. Yeah. Um, is incredible for these kids, and you get these kids who, you know. And I don't want to. I don't want to say kids' names because I'd have to say them all. Then. Mm. But when I and see we wouldn't them, remember them all. Right? <laughs> when, I, when I see them in here working as hard as they're working, yeah. and they've already got the, the size, the strength, the quickness, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "I need to get better." That's something you don't see a lot of yeah. kids and coaches stress mm. at, at every level. So I think that the the fact that I was a, a smaller athlete and had to, I felt, work harder to be able to compete with the kids that just got it naturally. Yeah. I carry that over and I want to train the big kids like they're small kids. Yeah. And if I can get them to play and think like, you know, an undersized outside hitter, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, a libero who wants to make a difference on the floor, you know, if you've got all that God-given ability already, you better take it up to the next level then. Yeah. And I think that's what I really try to bring out of the kids. Yeah. I think to kind of get an outsider's perspective on why I think – what I see in coaches that don't do well and then what I see in Wayne. And there's a lot of reasons why Wayne is as good of a coach as he is, but you, Wayne's Wayne. <laughs> like, I mean, the, it is the most genuine, this is who I am, this is how I coach. There's no there's no trying to be <laughs> something no that he's not. Mirrors. No, and I see a lot of, like, younger coaches. <laughs> you get coaches, what you get. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the younger coaches that we get in, and, and sometimes even the older coaches, um, and myself even, just trying to be like other people who you think are good coaches, mm-hmm. and then you realize that that's, you know, that's not them. They're not being genuine, and kids see that stuff right away. Um, you know, and that can kind of, you can be saying all the right things, but if they are tuning you out because they think that, you're you know, something's just off, I think everybody knows that Wayne is. 
I think Wayne's, Wayne <laughs> is Wayne has yeah. been said every week yeah. in the gym before yeah. at some point. Yes. Just Wayne's world. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're living in it. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell the kids, I'm not going to say anything to you or quote you any different than if your mom or dad were standing right next to me. This is who you're going to get. And it's, it's not going to be sugar-coated. <laughs> if, if you tell me this is what your goals are and where you want to, how you want to get there, it's not going to be easy, but yep. we're going to get there together. And if, I, if I'm going to you know, make a joke about you or say something negative about you, <clears throat> I'm willing to say that in front of your parents Yeah, because it's nothing personal. Yeah, It's just me trying to bring out the best in you. Yeah. And parents laugh usually when I do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it in, in such a, like, you know. It's genuine. Lo- loving, genuine yeah, manner it's, that, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, you know. Yeah. It's and, honest. and there's there's a chance that maybe 30 to 40% of the time the kids don't, the joke goes right over their heads, you know. It's higher than that. As long as it makes me laugh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I try to use humor and sarcasm because yeah. sometimes as a coach, you get so frustrated, yeah. you're going to say something you shouldn't. <laughs> so I'll, I will interject humor. Yeah. Like, or like I said, sarcasm yeah. to get my point across. And it doesn't sound so rough. Yeah, and yeah so, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, aggressive then. Yeah. Yep. But they still get the point. You still get the point. Still get the they, point. I would argue they probably get the point a little more because they're like, ooh. When, <laughs> I know what he's hiding with this sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you go walk by the parent and go, you know, you can still consider adoption. Just, <laughs> I, nobody would blame you. <laughs> That's a parent's way of going, I don't think he's think, she's playing well right now. <laughs> well, and, and these kids, I, I shouldn't say these kids, all kids, they, they don't really need to be yelled at. Like it's, a, and they, I'm not saying you can't, you know, be aggressive or, or very you yeah. know specific with what you're saying, but like, to, to, to yell and scream and break a clipboard over your knee and, you know, like, I don't know. Don't make it personal. No. Yes. Just t- don't make it personal. Yep. I understand as coaches we make a lot of sacrifices, and it's real easy to, uh, you know, like the acronym of lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can yell at them. You can, uh, as like I say, zip it, stop talking to mm-hmm. them. You can, you know, you can make it personal for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day – they're still kids. Yeah. And yep. I'm sorry you had to get up early. I'm sorry you had to go out of town. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is what you signed up for as a coach too. Yeah. You, they don't want to – sometimes they need to check up from the neck up, but they don't need you to attack <laughs> them doing it. Yeah. Don't make it personal. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> Trace, I, got, I have no other questions. This has been a fun conversation. This has been. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's neat. I don't think a lot of parents, um, unless you've been on the coaching side, really understand what a coach – kind of goes through no i think they guess i think they speculate yeah. um but even as a parent I, I agree i think it's really hard to not be biased towards like your own kid like I, I know my kid i know what he's doing he's you know he she's working at home and doing homework and now coming to this and we're doing all these things and, and i'm tired and we drove and da, 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 and oh the game didn't go how i wanted it to and shucks and gosh i'm gonna point my finger at that coach yeah. that's you know doing that yeah. thing and, and i'm like i shared you know, with you my daughter who you know like i said played at pit she was on the team with Hillary Hain, a phenomenal setter who ended up starting four years at University of Illinois. Alyssa was back, the backup slash right side to her. Hillary was better. Yeah. Alyssa didn't get the this same amount of time as Hillary. Yeah. She wasn't better than her. So I, I get it as a parent. Yeah. My daughter did you coach had to play her? that role. For two years I did. Oh, wow. Yep. 
<laughs> yep. Wow. And we had to come to an agreement that once we got in the car, I actually kicked her out of the gym a couple times and told her she could go home. And she reminded me, Dad, I rode with you. <laughs> so I'm like, and I called her the, the wrong name all the time during. I, I literally called, called my daughter the wrong name because it's like, I don't care who you are. I care about how you're playing. So I would throw out some name and she'd be like, Dad, it's me, the girl that rode with you, Alyssa. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, put your shoes back on. Get back out there then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just picturing this in my head. <laughs> oh, you for should, everyone, for you everyone should, listening who thinks that's a joke, you should get a listen here for one of these. Uh, oh gosh. podcasts. Oh. She would, she would uh, have a lot of stories. Oh man, getting told she could play outside. <laughs> Literally, go outside. Yeah, <laughs> get out, get of, the out of the gym. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Speaking of the gym, you ask a question. I think we. Uh, um, I'll just come back around full circle with the the, the facility. Hmm? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So this facility was part of Clinton Electronics mm-hmm. manufacturing. And then when Clinton Electronics got much smaller, they turned this into just um, other warehouse slash manufacturing for, for rental purposes. And then that slowed up. And Rockford went through, Rockford area went through a pretty rough time where they just didn't have uh, enough need for all the warehouse space and manufacturing space. So this became available and the gentleman who owned it got approached by a group of sports dads, we'll say, mm. that wanted to invest into turning into this into a sports center. And the Rockford area really did need it at the yeah. time. We didn't have all the field houses we have now, and the park district didn't do mm-hmm. what they did, and we really needed the extra space. So this had a lot of turf down in it, and it was used for soccer, baseball, more than anything in the very beginning. And uh, so I'll, I won't go take you through the whole process, but it it failed. Yeah, That group... Uh, they put a lot of money into it. Um, I think the the build out was close to seven hundred thousand. Uh, to trace, that's not a lot of money, but to you no. and I, yeah, <laughs> that is. And build uh, out with the turf and the yeah, everything. The okay, turf, the, the wood floors yeah. and the netting and such. Uh, so, uh, it, ha- it changed hands. I think three more times. Oh wow! People trying to make it work, and it just it wasn't coming together. <laughs> and so then. The whole, this complex and the next one over came available, and a, an investor out of Chicago came in and just bought it because Alpine Bank owned it at the time, or excuse me, financed it at the time, and yeah. we know what happened to them. Yeah. So he came in and, and, and bought everything. Well, they were going to turn this back into, and we were just, we just had a small program, like I said, a, a satellite program in yeah. here at the, and they were going to convert this back into warehousing, and I knew that this is what one fusion needed a home for a satellite, and two, I really thought this was needed in the area. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to buy it, which went over real well at home. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and in a very short period of time, I felt turned it around into being something that is definitely needed in the Rockford mm-hmm. area, and with again patting you on the back, but other tenants having great tenants now in here, I couldn't imagine not having it yeah. in the Rockford area. Yeah. So it was a, a five-year turnaround and took a lot of money to get it back up to where it's at right now. And I think we're going to be good for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, was, as you know, had a lot more soccer fields and, mm-hmm. and, and other type of events going on in here, mm-hmm. but pretty much settled into what's, I think, working for everybody. Yeah. 
even though we still have people walk in with a soccer ball going, <laughs> hey, we want to spend some time on the – nope, that, sorry, that's gone. <laughs> They're looking around going, like, where'd it go? <laughs> it's split up to many different yeah, gyms gosh. now. Yeah. So, but that's how we got – that's a really quick version of how it went from manufacturing to where it's at now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Needed a overdue for a new roof. <laughs> so yeah. after putting – with the roof and everything, it was close to a million dollars to get it to where it's at right now. So Again, anybody Trace, who's listening, I'm looking for a yeah. loan, I'm looking, or just uh, a GoFundMe. Uh, <laughs> I re- yeah, I remember. However, that stuff works. Struggling to get five dollars to come play open gym basketball here back in the day. Digging in the couch cushions. Yeah, there's a quarter. Uh, taking my parents' coin money yeah. that they had saved. Just up. don't go to pro- approach Deanne because she'd be like, You're, "You don't have it. That's okay. <laughs> you just go play, sweetheart." <laughs> And then I'd find her every time. Yeah, uh-huh. that's. Uh, I'm like, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> She's like, well, is it that wrong? Is that wrong? Gosh, <laughs> only if you're trying to make money, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, just tell the bank when we don't pay our bills. <laughs> but they really needed to play. God, no, I think it's fun that. I mean, I, I, I think we've said this before on, on podcast. My 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 biggest hesitation with working with the club is that clubs overdo it. Um, you know baseball athletes with a bunch of shoulder injuries, softball yep. athletes with a bunch of shoulder injuries, volleyball athletes with a bunch of shoulder injuries, and we just play ball, play ball, play ball, play ball you know, and then just, oh, weird, you're, you know, everything's falling apart. Um, you know, but the the, the setup that, the, you know, we, we've, we've come here, and, you know, when you've come in the architect, you know, behind the whole thing and getting people in place is like, it, it, this to me is what a, it's it's like a college, you know, volleyball program. Um to, to be able to, to have kids and, and to get them together and us warm them up and, and hit our, you know, stability trunk work and then get them into their, their, their strength conditioning piece on the day and, and to be done right at, you know, seven o'clock and ship them right out to practice where they, they walk literally 10 feet, you know, and, and they're on the court and they hit their two and a half hour practice. And I mean, we can't, I mean, it's so streamlined that that's really what, what a, a program should be if you're looking to keep kids, you know, healthy and improving yeah. and, you know, over the long term, not just like, hey, for this season, this right. one time or whatever, but I, I want this kid to be great now and get better next year and the year after. And if they want to play in college, go play in college. And if they want to play something after that, great. But at least after their career is done, they'll, they'll be a healthy, happy, you know, hopefully strong, you know, adult. And there's a hand, maybe a handful of programs in the entire country that have this full package yeah. that, BC is able to offer with the partnership of Oak Strength yeah. and other opportunities. There's a lot of college programs, Division One, that don't have this. Correct. So I don't, you know, we like to say kids take it for granted because they don't know any better. Yeah. They, but they'll, as they leave this uh, program and yeah. go on to wherever their next, uh, wherever it takes them, they'll look back and go, "Wow, we really did have it, have yeah. it good. <laughs> this is this is pretty special. I've been yeah. around for a long time and." Uh, back in the early fusion days, we we only dreamed of something like this. Yeah. That would, in mean, with the success we had and the athletes we had, so I think yeah. that's why I feel that we're able to get more out of our kids yeah. than other other teams. And I think Trace is experiencing, and we've all experienced it. We're going up against programs that have been around for a long time, having a lot of success, and somehow we're beating them, yeah. <laughs> and we're not quite at their level yet, but. Something's coming together. Our stamina, the the conditioning, uh, the training. We're finding ways to, you know, have success on the floor. And if if, if it didn't, everybody coming together to help that, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's been fun too. Well, and I, I can't imagine trying to be that like remote strength coach that 
walks into the gym with, I don't know, some battle ropes and some bands and be like, hey, here we're doing. And it just like this low level, right. you know, <clears throat> boot camp type stuff versus like what real strength space. conditioning yeah. like should look like for, again, yeah. we're not just, we're not trying to it's train. The problem with weights is they're heavy. That's it. <laughs> they're not very portable. <laughs> Let me tell you, after moving to gym, yeah, I, you know, I, just, I never want to do that again. And, but gosh, it's been fun. It's yeah. been fun. Yay. It's a good ride. <laughs> Trace, anything to end on? Um, no. Wayne, anything really. you want to want to want to end on? Anything that that we didn't say that you want to you want to hit on? For the coaches that are listening to this, I think we uh, you know we have our meetings on Thursday night to try to expand our coaching Correct. knowledge. <laughs> uh, I think you should um, talk to Trace about participating. Gotcha. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, and Those we're, we're always there for you. Coaching improvement Correct. sessions. Coaching improvement yep. sessions. Happen. Get together. I cook some food. We talk. Yep. Share knowledge. Happens after it's, practice. Yeah, it it's just a, it's a really you know it's a wholesome, um, you know, just good for the community <laughs> in general. But um, you know, it's just a meeting of the minds. That, I mean, you just get better. Good. You, you share you, stories and share laughs. Yes. Yep. 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 You need that fraternity. Hydrate. We're, we do a lot of hydration. We we bond. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I feel there's bonding going on. Yeah, there's on. a lot of good bonding going on. You need bonding. Yep. That's good. Yeah. How do you good feel company. attached yeah. to? Well, it's it, it's fun that you have that many coaches that you actually want to be able to yes. spend time with mm-hmm. outside of the, the court. Yeah. And, yep. you know, this there's a lot of great uh, people that are part of this program. So yeah. it's part of the – I mean, I think one of the things that people don't necessarily understand from the outside is um, just chemistry amongst coaches. The uh, – everybody feeling comfortable with each other. You know, I think people tend to think like, okay, I coach 151. My relationship with the teams that I'm going to be playing, their coaches and all that is so important. If I don't feel comfortable talking to another coach about possibly scrimmaging, you know, all that stuff. So as much as we joke about meeting afterwards, I do like one of the reasons why I think we're successful is because we do have um, within the coaching community um, a lot of good meetings of the minds. Well, a lot of young coaches can ask questions yeah. and, you yeah. know, use – because everybody has something to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you you can continue to learn. We expect yeah. our kids to. We need to do it as well. Yeah. Yep. I, I have been impressed with how – and, again, not coming from a volleyball background, how deep this coaching fraternity is. And just, you know, Wayne, just the relationships that you have with, with Jackie Olinger and, and Lonnie and, you know, just Tina and these people that you've known for years on years on years because of, you know – everything valuable and yep. you know they like you after all these years Wayne they still like you man I'm gonna have to pay him off <laughs> so well guys thanks for listening Wayne thanks for taking the time you're welcome you're, thanks for uh inviting me yeah yeah and really if this isn't a show to break the internet I don't know what, what will be. <laughs> so guys thanks for listening we'll catch you on the next one